Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Welcome to the City of David Dartford podcast. Be blessed as you listen to this message from our pastor. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you adoration. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Emmanuel. We magnify you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. Hallelujah. I, I want to welcome everybody to this night's um, program, trusting and believing God that it's going to be a great time in the presence of the Most High God. Um, amen. 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 The scripture said to us in Mark, the 12th chapter. Mark, the 12th chapter. If we're there, let's read it. I believe it will also be projected to us. Mark, the 12th chapter. Mark, chapter 12. And I'm going to read the 38 verse, 30, 38 verse. And the scripture says there, and you shall love the Lord thy God. Number one, with all your heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and then with all thy strength. And the scripture went ahead to say that this the first commandment. I, 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 I said at the start of this series that the kind of love that God is expecting from every one of us is it's a kind of a deep one. Um, and I think we, we looked at Message Bible of this scripture, Message Bible, and I'm going to ask them to please bring it up for us so that we can we can all look at it. Message Bible of Mark, the 12th chapter, and, and the 30th verse. And, and what did he say there? He said, Jesus said. This is, this is the first is important, is listing Israel. The Lord your God is one. So love the Lord your God with your passion, your heart. Prayer with your soul. With your intelligence. So even when it's not making sense to you, God says, love him. With what is reasonable to you, love him. When it's not reasonable to you, love him. Now, when you feel that you are finding it difficult to to operate in the love that God requires you and I to operate, go to God in prayer and say, Father, help me to love you. I mean, the scripture says with all energy. And, and, and for me, that, 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 is, that, is, that, is, that is real. When the scripture says that love God with all your energy, that means that when you are dying, you love God. When you are strong, you love God. When you are discouraged, you love God. When you are encouraged, you love God. When you are disappointed, 
you love God. When you are appointed, you love God. When you are happy, you love God. When you are not happy, you love God. Is that, is that, is that the Lord your God is one? Love him. Love him with your passion. Love him with your prayer. Love him with your intelligence. Love him with your energy. And that's what the scripture is saying here to us. And, sir, until your, your loving God gets to this junction, gets to this level, you have not loved God yet. No wonder the scripture says to us in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John, the book of 1 John, the 5th chapter, the 3rd verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. What did he say? He said, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandment. And his commandments are not grievous. So hear me, sir. When you and I say that, we are, we are not happy. God is saying, keep his commandment. Love me with all your energy. So when you are going to love God with his energy, God is saying, look, listen. Even when you feel you are not, you are not happy, and I'm asking you to love me, I'm not being grievous to you, but I'm not asking you to do something grievous by loving me when you're not happy. No, no. What God is saying is that, look, listen to me. You are an embodiment of God's love in the first place. An embodiment of God's love in the first place. When God is asking you to love God, because in the equation of the love of God, the love of God is equal to God. God is love. So when you love God, you are saying that you love the entire being of God. Not because God is God, not because you want to love God, but because God is love. So you are loving love in God or loving God in love. So what that means is this. You know the way that two lovers, even when they seem fighting, and um, the previous night they turn back at each other. But when they go and come back, they are still stuck in the same room with themselves. If I sad enough, they will still sleep together on the same bed. So God said, whether you are happy or not, love me by sleeping on the same bed with me. Whether you feel I've sorted you out or not, you are still in the same place with me. Let's be there. We are this is who I am. This is who God is. God is love. And so if God is love, you must establish that fact that if you are not loving God, then you are hating God. Because the opposite of love is hatred. So the moment you shift away from loving God, you are already hating God. May we not hate God in the name of Jesus. So how do I love God? I think I've mentioned that before in the first Sunday when I started this series and I said, number one, how do I love God? I love God by knowing God. First John chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. How do I love God? I love God because you cannot love somebody you don't know. So if you truly we love God, you must first of all find him out. You must know him. That's why this is our national anthem. Knowing you, Jesus. 
knowing you, there is no greater thing. You are my all. You are the best. So God is, knowing God is love. If at all you want to love somebody, you are going to love somebody that you have seen over time. You are going to love somebody you have seen his art that you can put up with. Somebody that you don't mind is, is, is frailty and you are ready to love him in that frailty. So number one, if I must love God, I must know God. First John, sorry, John chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, I must know God. The moment I do not know God, I do not love God. Number two, if I must love God, I must love my brothers. First John, the fourth chapter, verse 20. First John, the fourth chapter, verse 20. What did it say there? First John, the fourth chapter, the 20 verse. The scripture says this. He said, if any man says, I love God, and hate his brother. The scripture said, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God? whom he had not seen. So, truly, if for any reason I must love God, if for any reason I have to love God, Bible says that the starting point is that I must love my brother. So the moment I do not love the people around me, I can't love God. Because the scripture makes it so clear. You will say you love God, you hate your brother. You have people around you, people that you see daily, people that you mingle with people that you talk with, people that you work with, if you don't love those ones, if you don't love those ones, how can you see love God that you have not seen? So number two things in how do I love God? Number one, I love God by knowing God. Number two, I love God by loving my brother. Again, how do I love God? I love God by obeying his commandment. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Chapter, chapter 14, verse 15. John, the 14th chapter. Hear what he says. He says, if you love me, keep my commandment. Very simple. So he says to you and I that anybody... Who says, I will lift up his hand. He said, I love you, Lord. And I lead my voice. Before you start singing that song, let me ask myself. You two ask yourself, do you keep God's commandment? God said, there's an equation. What is love? Love is keeping commandment. Keeping commandment is equal to love. So that means that if you don't keep God's commandment, you can't love God. And you know, it's so easy also for you to know when you see two lovers, when if they are genuinely two reasonable people who genuinely love themselves, everybody will look at what does he like, what does he not like, what peace him off, what peace her off. That's always the starting point of two people who are going to have an in-that relationship. So scripture says that. If, if our love will be unhindered, if, if the love will be real, keep my commandment. Husband, wife, spouse, if you don't want trouble in your home, 
What do you do? Don't do what your husband doesn't like. Don't do what your wife doesn't like. So if you love me, keep my commandments. So if how do I love God? I love God by keeping his commandments. When you become obedient to God, loving God becomes easy. When you are not obedient to God, when you don't keep God's commandment, then loving God becomes an issue. Another thing is that if I don't, if I love the, the things of the world, I can't love God. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse number 15. First John chapter 2, verse 15. Hear what he says. He says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I, 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 I don't know how best to say this. He said, love not the world. Don't love the world. You truly want to love God? You can't love God and the world. You want to love God? You can't love praise worship and, and love the world, the, the music they are singing out there. No, 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 no. You, if you are going to love God, you cannot love the world. He said, he said, you can't love God. You can't love the world and say you love God. He said, anybody that loves the things of the world does not love God. So how do I love God? Number one, like I said, you must know God. Once you don't know God, you can never, never love God. You can't love what you do not know. You can only love what you know. If I say to somebody, do you love Odeon fruits? I'm sure everybody will be looking at me. What is Odeon fruits? Apparently, there's no fruit called Odeon. So nobody can say, he knows he loves Odeon. Whether fruit or shock or food or anything. There's no call Odeon. But if I ask everybody, do you love Odeon film or Odeon cinema? A lot of people will say, oh, I know Odeon film, I know Odeon cinema, I love them. Because they know it. If I say to somebody, how many of, how many of us loves orange? You say, ah, orange is my best fruit. Why? Because you know orange. But the moment you don't know orange, if I say how many people love orange, you're just looking at me. So when you don't know God, you can come and say you are actually in love with what you don't know. Number two, the scripture says to us that if for any reason, if for any reason you truly want to love me, you have to love your brother. Once you don't love your brother, you don't love me. Number four, that you can't love the things of the world. Uh, number three, sorry, you can't love the things of the world. Bible says that love the things of the world does not love God. And number four, if you're going to love God, you must love his commandment. So the next thing that I want to go into again is why should I love God? Why? You're asking me to love God. A man is asking a woman, tell me the reason why I should love you. A woman is asking a man, tell me one reason why I should love you. So here we are saying, why should I love God? John, the third chapter. John, the third chapter, the 16th verse. We don't have it on the screen, but I believe it's coming. He said, in John, the third chapter, the 16th verse, it's a scripture we all know. Bible said, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but do what? Have everlasting life. So how should I love God? You love God by believing God that he loves you because you love him because he loves you first. One of the reasons why you must love God. Please, sir. Let the policeman, let every one of us know that we are not the first one to love God. Number one is that he has actually loved us even while we are yet a sinner. While we have yet not been born again, he already loved us. And so, if this is the position of God, the reason why you and I must love God is that why? Why? He loved us first. Another reason why you must love God can be found in the book of Psalm 139. Psalm 139, the 14th verse. Psalm 113, the 14th verse. And hear what the scripture says there. He said, I will praise thee. So why am I praising thee? He said, for I am fearfully, I am and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul know that my soul know it right well. Sir, you and I know that woman being is a living thing. Insect that flies or that crawls on the ground, they are living thing. So God could have said, "You are an insect." God could have made me an animal. That roamed, roamed about in the bush, having no place to hide his head. You could have been a bird. But the reason why you must love God is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Among all the creatures that God of heaven has created upon the surface of the earth, the only one, the only creature that looks like God is you and I. Because the scripture says in the book of Genesis, it said, come and let us make man in our own image. And after the image of God, Created he male and female. So you are created fearfully. You are created wonderfully. You are the number one marvelous work of God. For that reason, you've got to love him. You've got to love him. Number one reason why you are loving him is that he gave his life for you and I. Number two reason why we're loving him is that he created you and I wonderfully and fearfully made. Number three thing, which is the reason why you must love God, can be found in the book of 1 John chapter 4. 1 John, the fourth chapter, we need verse 18, but we'll start from verse 17. 1 John. So here what the scripture says here. He said, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. Verse 17 now says, verse 18, sorry, now says, he said, there is no fear in love, for perfect love 
casted out fear. Why? Because love torment. He that feareth is not made in perfect love. <laughs> he that feareth is not made in perfect love. He that feareth is not made. Hear me, sir. Hear me. Hear me. Yeah. When, when you begin to get afraid and get scared of everything, ask yourself, do I really love God? The Bible says there is no fear in love. No fear. No fear. He said, why? Perfect love casted away fear. I have had people say, oh, I can't do business with that person. I am not sure of who he is. Why is that? The reason why that is because there is no perfect love that casts away fear. I have never had fear in, in trusting anybody. I've never, I have never believed God that any, no, no, the, if you do mess up, it is because you are lacking in love. I must not join you in lacking in love. Bible says, for there is no fear in love. Why? Because perfect love casted out fear. And then the scripture went on to say, he said, because fear had torment. You know, when you, are begin, when you begin to have a, afraid of everything, afraid of people, afraid of circumstances, you begin to put yourself under torment. I don't know what that person will do to me. I don't know why. And why? You know, because you don't love your brother, and because you don't love your brother, you never trust your brother to do you good. But you know what? When you are in fear, Bible says no evil shall come near my dwelling. Because why? There is no fear. You are in love. Anytime, anytime you see somebody who proclaims to truly love God and is living in fear, put a question mark, a question mark in front of his love. Because the scripture, not me now, it's not me, it's not me. The scripture said to us loud and clear, I'm saying to you, there is no fear in love. Everybody say after me, there's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. There's no fear, no fear, no fear, no fear. You know, you know, when, when you have not loved a man, and when a man does not love you, that's when the fear of, oh, he will leave me. Uh, a relationship can go bad. But when you genuinely love, you will know that the love I'm giving to this person, he can't buy it anywhere. And so you know it's not going anywhere. And I've told you, when, when situation comes so blink to you, give maximum love. For in every law, in every law, fear becomes a thing of the past. When you have not truly loved, then there's a fear of it will go, it will come, it will have me, it will stay, it will not stay. But when there's, no, when there's a true love, true love says that perfect love casted out fear. You don't doubt anybody, nobody doubts you. Because the Bible says fear has its own torment. He said, he that fear it is not made in perfect love. My prayer this night is that every one of us God of heaven will give us what I call perfect love. Because that perfect love casted out fear. Can we bow our heads to pray? Eternal rock of ages, we want to thank you this evening. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor. We give you honor. We give you adoration. Lord, we have come to realize tonight that one of the sacred things that you have done for us is that you love us first. And the Bible says, we are in a Christ, love us. That he gave his only begotten son. Why? We are still a sinner. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave. Lord, we thank you for the salvation of our soul. 
Thank you, Almighty God, for dying for us. Uh, thank you. We, we join the elders to sing that song that says, Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, my Lord, for loving me. We say thank you tonight for loving us. First, oh Lord, we say thank you tonight for showing us massive love. Lord, we thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, Lord. We appreciate you, my Father. Tonight, King of Glory, we ask that you please instill in us, give unto us perfect love that cast away all fears in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, King of Glory, that you will release your grace even for perfect love. And that every one of us and everybody under the sound of my voice, as from this day forward, they will begin to walk even in perfect love, oh Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And it's true, you can't love somebody you don't know. Um, and secondly, we must love our brothers and sisters. Thirdly, by obeying his commandments. Fourthly, loving, if we love the things of the world, we cannot love God. Um, thank you. I think, I think that was a poignant reminder for us all. And why should we love God? We have to love God because we know that he loved us first. You know, we didn't choose him, he chose us. Um, and that's the type of love he shows us. Um, because we are made in his image, we love because we are made in Christ's image. And there is no fear in love. That is, that is amazing. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you so much for that. Thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so I guess my first question would be, I know you said that if we, if we don't, we can't love God if we don't know him. And also, we ought to love our brothers and sisters. But what? The thing is, it's hard to love. The, that's the honest truth. It's hard to love, and it's it's a daily reminder. It's a daily dying to self in order not, in order to love people with the love of Christ. Apart, I know you're gonna. Say, I know the answer already. But apart from prayer, if someone has hurt you and you really feel hurt by them, and you're struggling to show that love of Christ. How, how do you... It's, it's, for me, it's easy. <clears throat> the day you begin to see the fact that <clears throat> this person who hurt me so bad, so, so terribly, has God in his life. It's just not, it doesn't possibly doesn't know the right from the left, and doesn't know the wrong from the right. Anything and anybody you can see God through becomes easy for you to forgive and move past. Because the moment you see God in somebody's life, like if I hurt you so badly now and so badly that you're thinking, oh, why should he do this to me? Yes, I've done it. Bad enough, sad enough. 
But then, rather than looking at me, rather than seeing me, you begin to see God in me. Now, you will agree with me that at one point in time or the other, you've actually hurt God. You've offended God. You've messed God up. So the moment you come to a junction where you realize, oh, this person messed me up. But then, I see God in him or her. When you begin to look through, the, look through the lens of God's eyes, it becomes easy for you to forgive that person. But if you, can, if you don't have God, and that's why the whole start today means talks about knowing God. Because if I hurt you so badly, and you can't see God in me, or through me, or via me, there's nothing for you to walk through to get to where I am and show me the love and that overcome your heart. But the moment you come to a junction whereby I can't see that guy, but I'm only seeing God through him. And then there's a constant reminder that, oh, two days ago, I messed God up. Last week, I messed God up. Oh, week before, I messed God up. And so this guy just only messed me up once. But if I can see God through him, I should be able to walk through this heart. Thank you so much. Thank you for that, seeing Christ in the individual. Um, another question is, could we ever love like God? He loved us first. He didn't choose us. <sighs> but could we ever love like him? <laughs> I will struggle to answer you that question. But we struggle to put a question back to you. Can you die for anybody? Yeah, don't blink an eye. You should be able to answer. You have, because once you answer that question, I should be able to answer your question. From that answer, can you die for anybody? I sort of know it. No. No. You can't even die for yourself. I, I can't try it either. You know, if somebody says, Shagun Kingsley, go and die in order to save Shagun Kingsley, I'm going to be asking, what are you talking about? If I die to save myself, so what am I dying for? Can I die for my daughter? Absolutely no. Can my daughter die for me? Absolutely no. Can I die for my wife? Absolutely no. Can my wife die for me? Absolutely no. You know, you know I'm sorry. I'm, I don't mean to be insensitive. You know, I've had people when their husband or their wife die, and they are crying like they are going to enter into the grave. And you know, in my very bad moment, I'm like, why are you holding a liver? She won't enter the grave. <laughs> You know, because I, I, I'm sorry, I, I just really felt that, yes, everybody will cry, everybody will, but then the question is about that, I've never heard anybody who gets into the grave. Well, the moment the dead guy says, well, let me die, he's expecting that people should hold him back. <laughs> but they hold Jesus back, but he said to them, Satan, get it behind me, in the holding back of Christ. He, he looked quickly at Peter and told Peter, Satan, disappear. I'm going to die. There's no gainsaying about that. And so, if I can't die for anybody, if I can't even die for myself, uh, I don't know how I'm going to love God. I'm going to love the way God loves. Number one, have you messed up God today? Yesterday? Two days ago? Are you sure? Last week? So you messed God up on a daily basis. But then you are still precious in the hands of God. 
But you just saying to me now that, look, ask when somebody hurts you so, so, so much. How do you forgive that person? Because you know what? Everybody messes up and you're thinking, you know what? I'm just going to allow that guy to just move on the other side. So you can't even love before by God because every day people offend you. And then you take something to heart. If as I'm talking to you, as we are both talking now, we have some people that if they hold up on this street, on this altar, we are ready to actually drop the microphone and walk away because we feel we can't stand on this place with them. You know, if I, if I, if I did something to you now that you really don't like, that is be painful to you, you're going to say, ouch, and possibly will be going on without saying goodnight to me. So how then can you love? Because, mind you, your name is yesterday. Your name is not, your name is not love. But God said, I am love. So how do you how do you love by the creator? How do you love more than the creator of love? How do you love more than the originality, originality of love? How do you love by beyond the authenticity of the authenticity of love? How do you love beyond love personified? How can you love more than him? How can you love like him? How can you love close to him? How can you even love 50% to him? You know, I've messed God up today has forgiven me. A lot of us, a lot of my viewers have messed God up. And God has not even remembered they messed him up. And then, and then we're still the child of God. We are still the son of God. And then we come to church and then we are here also still clapping. And then he looked at us and like, you know what? But now, you know, when you come into church and you want to come in and sit down, and then the other said this way, and then you see somebody messed you up last week Sunday. And say, you know what? I don't want that drama. You're not even hurting. But you're just saying that, you know what? Let me go and see that side. I don't want that drama again. But you know what? You've messed God up. He's expecting, in fact, can I shock you? God is expecting another drama from you before the end of this night. So he's waiting for, he's made provision for your drama. But you can't even make provision for somebody's drama yesterday. But God has made provision for your drama today, your drama tomorrow, your drama next tomorrow, your drama next year, your drama three years to come. He has it in his hand. He's got the whole world. He's got the whole lot right in his hand. Sene. <laughs> you can't love. It's very true, though. Thank you. It's, it's hard. It's hard, but it's a good reminder. Thank what you. What is it? I said it's hard. It's hard it's, to... It's, 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 it looks impossible. Let me not just only hard. It, it actually really, truly... You know, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's... It's, it's amazing about this love of God. Um, how, 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 how do a man go ahead and supervise the stoning of another man? And then that's the person God finds out to go and use to save the Gentile. How on earth does that happen? A man who supervised stoning, a man who supervised the murdering of Christians, and then God was looking for somebody to pick to then write the gospel even in prison, write the gospel when it's good, when it's bad, when it's not good. And the other God couldn't find another person but the same guy. Amen. That's love. That's love. You know, trust me, that's love. That's really, really, really love. It is love. It is love. And the final question um, is, how do you see God in someone hurting you or doing evil to you? How do you see God? It's easy. In what image are we created? The image of God. The person that did evil to you, in what image is he created? Image of God. So let the God in you see the God in that person. 
Now, the reason why we find it difficult, and as I say, knowing God is the paramount in this thing. The reason why we find it difficult is that you and I do not have enough of God in our life. And so because we don't have enough of God in our life, we can't go through what we don't have to see what others have. But then when you have enough of God in your life, it becomes a magnet, it becomes an attraction. So you can look at Pastor Julius, and rather than seeing Pastor Julius, Julius, you are actually seeing God in him. And you can't see with your physical eyes. You must have enough of God for you to be able to see God in his life. You know what I'm saying now? You must, how, how do I put this now? You must be wearing a blue or a red color for you to know that that one is a light blue or a sky blue or a deep blue. But when you don't have a comparison, then there's nothing to look at. So that means that if I'm going to look at somebody and see God in the life of that person, I must have excess love of God in my life. So it is, it is not me that is looking, overlooking the fault, overlooking the error, but seeing God, but it is the excess love of God that I have in me that is looking at that person. So what is looking at that person is God, not me. And that's why forgiveness becomes easy. But when, and, and that's why when I see Christians who I say, I can never, never, ne- ne- never, never for, have anything to do with that guy again. I just realized you have little God in you. Because look at that word. God is love. God is love. So if God is love, and then you say you can't love another person, and the scripture says that you, if you say you hate your brother, and then you love God, you are alive. Because how can you hate the one you see every day? How can you not love that person? And you are loving God that you don't see. So that means that what God is saying here is this. Hmm. My brother has messed up, truly. But I said I'm not going to forgive him forever. What that means is the fact that if God is love, so if you are not going to forgive that brother, you are going to hate him. Maybe you are not talking to him. But what you have done is that you've taken God out of the life of that brother. What you are seeing, and you know for you to take God out of the life of somebody, you must have taken God out of your own life as well. So when you have enough of God, there's no way you will not be able to see good in that person because it's not the physical highs. It is the love of God that has permeated in your life, in my life, that you are actually looking through. Yeah. Thank you. I think I said it was the final question, but I think there's one more, please, if you don't mind, sir. Okay. Thank you. As long as I get paycheck for that. <laughs> So um, the question is, is love truly blind? That's not in the scripture. <laughs> I've never found in the Bible. Where, because, you know, when we're talking about love here, we're talking about the love of God. We're not talking about the carnal love. So let, let's, let's put things a little bit into perspective. The love of God is not the, is not the love, it's not the kind of love that two people have. The love of God is bigger, and that's why I said 
if I hurt you and you have enough of love in your life, the love of God in your life, the love of God that you have will make you to let go of my fault. When you see two couples who are truly, truly in love, you know, they can just be talking and, and put in, and you know what? In a very simple, you know what you did yesterday was, was, was very, very bad. I feel very terrible. Oh, my darling, I'm sorry. And that will wear the hand. But when there's no love, then they will remember. That's how you touched me last week. That's how you point at me two weeks ago. That's how you point me down. And then you start, start reeling everything, 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 and then carry it together, and then it becomes a hurt, and then it becomes an unforgiving environment. Why? Because there's no God. And even if it is a carnal one, there's no love. That's why you remember what I've done last year, what he did two years ago. There's no love. So, you know, the agape love is different from this um, carnal love that we're talking about. Because when you talk about Look at what the scripture says. He said, sir, how many times must I forgive my fellow brother if they offend me? And what did Christ say? He said, seven times, 70 times. Now, you must be a demon to count that somebody offended you 490 times. And you are counting it. This guy has offended me today. One. He offended me tomorrow. Two. Ah, he offended me in the afternoon. Three. He you will be a demon to count 490 times. So Christ knew that that was why I said, okay, if I thought you have to count, do me this favor. Count when you have done it seven times 70 times. That is 490. Huh. If you count 49 times of my offense, I will have to run away from you. 49, not 490. Because I would just feel that the only school you go to is the school of picking a pen and a paper and start writing about my sin. We hope you were blessed by that message. You can keep up with more of our content on our social media. God bless you.